Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Woman and Home magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week, what's on TV and TV Times magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases available from Friday the 23rd of February 2024, including... A new private school comedy drama called Borders on BBC Three and BBC iPlayer. And Joanne Froggett playing an NHS doctor battling the pandemic in the immersive new ITVX drama Breathtaking. We'll also be checking out new Netflix fantasy show Avatar The Last Airbender and thrilling sci-fi series Constellation on Apple TV+. But first in, what is in the news? A new eight-part Netflix crime drama called Department Q will star Matthew Good as an Edinburgh-based cop alongside Kelly MacDonald. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, in Prime Video's thriller Lazarus, co-written by Harden Coben, Sam Claflin will play a forensic psychologist who witnesses strange phenomena following the suicide of his father. A mixed week, I think it would be fair to say this week. We start on ITV1 and ITVX with a new drama called Breathtaking, which arrived on Monday the 19th of February, so it's been around for a few days. And here's a clip. It's madness. There's currently no PPE at all. They were overwhelmed. The virus is always going to be ahead. Trust the guidelines. This is insane. Where's the defense? Where's the cash flowing? The public can be assured that we have a clear plan. There's no plan. Members of our team are wearing bin bags and going home wondering if they're going to die in the night. Don't go there. We're already there. This is a three-parter. It arrived on Monday, but it is available as a box set on ITVX if you want to rattle on through it. It won't take you too long. So ITV, yes, we had Mr. Bates versus the post office quite recently about a real-life scandal which had uh, an astonishing effect. Will this do the same for the COVID crisis? I very much hope so. It's written by Dr. Rachel Clark. A memoir of hers, which is sort of a combination of her experiences of working on the front line in the pandemic and testimony from other people. So she has worked on this alongside uh, Jed Mercurio is one of the co-writers. And of course, he was a medic before he became um, famous for things like Line of Duty. So, yes, we're in an NHS hospital and the brilliant Joanne Froggart, who you will know from things such as Downton Abbey, she's playing Abby Henderson, who is an NHS consultant. We start off just as sort of the COVID pandemic is breaking and it, it quickly becomes evident that, A, there isn't enough PPE. I mean, there's one scene where nurses are, are trying to make their own PPE out of bin bags it's shocking and then one nurse actually gets admitted to the hospital with COVID so there's that side of it that they they realize that they're putting themselves in harm's way the staff could get infected they could take that home to their loved ones and of course the patients there that are turning up in hospital with severe COVID symptoms a lot of them are dying it's absolutely terrifying and the guidance which starts off being don't test anyone for COVID who isn't a travel risk. Well, it soon becomes apparent that 
all these COVID cases are coming. They haven't travelled anywhere, but they've got the virus. So it's quite shocking. And it's intercut with the politicians appearing on our screens, making assurances about COVID and what they're doing uh, that turn out not to be true. So I think there's, there's a lot of anger behind this and outrage, rightly so. Froggit is great because she has to act a lot of this uh, behind a mask and a visor. So that's quite challenging. And you'll see that the director does a lot of zooming in on her eyes because, you know, that's the only part of her face we can see. And of course, that's that's what patients experience. They only saw people wearing masks, you know, and then they, they couldn't see their nearest and dearest. I mean, you know, people who were affected who lost loved ones during the pandemic will find this a difficult watch, I'm sure. But I think it's a really strong piece of TV uh, based on real life. And um, yeah, I I highly recommend it. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it is exactly what the title says. It's breathtaking and more, really. It's kind of, it's so pacey, your heart races. Um, I think for me, it was absolutely something that resonated because two of the things that you mentioned actually happened to me. So my father passed away at the beginning of the first lockdown. That was really tough having no one at a funeral and just seeing actually we escaped him dying within a hospital. So, you know, watching this isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a blessing? But also I had an operation um, during lockdown and being dropped off at the front of that hospital with nobody able to come in with you um, was pretty scary. And I remember two of the the, the doctors or nurses uh, either side of me, I think they were men. One of them pulled the mask down and said, look, I am human, but I am real behind this. And you kind of really felt the warmth and humanity at that point because um, it was scary. It was horrible and it was scary for them and they were putting their lives at risk every single day. And this just shows so much and more of what went wrong during that time and how dreadful it really was on the front line. And I think there'll be increasingly more of these kind of uh, documentaries, these docuseries, which I, I, I often think that I, you know, I'm unshockable, but it's still shocking because it's people's lives, it's people's families and it's people that served us on the front line who were putting their own lives at risk every single day and without what they should have had in place. And I found it quite hard to watch, if I'm honest with you, but equally um, really, really well done, really authentic because of the people involved in it. They really, it was, it's genuine, it's real, it's based on reality. Um, and seeing the fear in those actors' eyes is just very, very real and, um, and genuine. So absolutely brilliant. Over on BBC Three and BBC iPlayer, arriving on, well, it arrived on Tuesday the 20th of Feb, we have a new comedy drama called Borders. And here's a clip. The scholarship kids need to fit in with the school, not fit the school around them. We plan to capture you and your black excellence at all times, whether that be your activism, incredible artwork, your languages, arigato, your sportsmanship, or your... We know you're black, but we are struggling to figure out what you're actually excellent at. Yeah. Unlike Breathtaking, which is not hammed up at all, it feels so genuine and so real because it is. This, to me, Borders felt um, very hammy in, at times. 
it's a it's a new comedy drama. It's on BBC Three, and um, it's a six part series. It follows five very very bright underprivileged black teen teenagers from inner city London, and they've been given scholarships in this private school, private boarding school, and um, it's not necessarily for the right reasons. In fact, it's not for the right reasons because this school needs help to revamp its reputation. It's, it had this unsavoury viral video that went out of one of its students and, you know, they have paying customers and they need to be seen to uh, not be um, uh, seen in that way, I suppose. And this is a way of kind of revamping its reputation. So it, it's not for the right reasons that this is happening. But for me, it just felt... Um, it felt quite dark. I felt quite uncomfortable about the humour at times. It felt really dark. It was in in terms of the kind of racial. Um, I suppose they're kind of almost taking the Mickey at times. I, I don't know. I, I just it, it felt wide of the mark for me in a lot of the moments. Um, and it didn't almost feel right, but you know we live in a world where I, I suppose we're always a bit unsure of what to say, and this felt really, really wrong, um, and and just didn't feel quite right. But I I liked the I liked the way it kind of worked as a whole in terms of these guys coming in, um, the way they were accepted or not accepted um the school saying look we need to they need to change for us not we need to change for them basically and it was a them and us scenario and I think that's quite sad to see actually and again I'm not sure that's completely indicative of reality but I for me I just I don't know it just felt wider than mark I just I just didn't I didn't feel comfortable watching it for a number of different reasons so um yeah not for me thanks I liked it it's created by Daniel Lawrence Taylor, uh, and he also appears in the series as Gus, who is a mentor to these black inner city kids. So we've got Jaheem, played by Josh Tadeku. We've got Leah, played by Jodie Campbell. Omar, played by Miles Camwendo. And Toby, played by Seiko Diaby. Uh, and Femi, played by Aruna Jallo. They're a great young cast, very talented. And yeah, it starts with this shocking uh, video of some of these private school kids um, just bullying a homeless man in the most awful way. The reason that these black kids have been allowed into the school, it, it's not for any kind of social good. It's, it's purely to kind of protect the reputation of this private school. And, you know, the whole subject of, of private schools is a very interesting one. So unsurprisingly, they don't fit in. Uh, they face quite a lot of racism. But I like the way that, that Daniel Lawrence Taylor, I mean, you, yeah, as you say, he does find the humour in racism because the black kids between them, they're so used to it that they kind of call it out or they talk about it to each other. We follow their experiences. And I mean, it's comedy drama. There's quite a lot of hard-hitting stuff in it, I think, as well as the comedy. And, you know, that for instance, like the picture of the sort of founder of, of the school in the big portrait, which is very old. There's a, there's a black slave in the picture, you know, which the kids point out. Um, so, yeah, there's lots going on. I think, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a bit out of touch these days, but I did find that the youngsters at the school, both the kind of private school posh kids and, and, and the new arrivals, I found them pretty convincing. And I, I certainly enjoyed episode one. We move across to Netflix for our next offering. It arrived on Thursday, the 22nd of February. 
It's a new, well, action-adventure fantasy, I guess you could call it, eight episodes, called Avatar The Last Airbender. And here's a clip. The Fire Nation is embarked on a dark path. And the world might never recover. The world needs the Avatar. It needs you, Aang. So, this is based on an animated series, which I never saw, but it was on Nickelodeon about 20 years ago, and it was very popular. And it's set in this fantasy world where there are these different kingdoms where people have power over fire, air, earth, and water. Okay, they can kind of manipulate them. And it was made into a film by M. Knight Shyamalan of the Sixth Sense fame. And that was pretty badly received. Um, it was considered a bit of a joke, especially because a lot of the the dialogue revolved around saying, oh, he he's a powerful bender, or, you know, there are a lot of benders here, which is unfortunate. It's ra- rather puerile, isn't it? But anyway, this is a series based on the same thing, a live-action one, and the people from the Fire Kingdom basically want to take over the other kingdoms, and the, the only hope, it's the old story of that, there's, there's one person who can save us all, it's an avatar who will be able to manipulate all four of the elements, and it, and it's, the, the new avatar hasn't emerged yet, but it turns out it's going to be this 12-year-old boy called Ang, who's played by... Gordon Cormier, who was a Canadian actor. Lots of martial arts, as you can imagine. Lots of special effects. I think the world building is pretty good. Looks great. I do find the fact that uh, Aang and all the people from the airbending kingdom, they have uh, a, a sort of giant arrow tattooed onto their bald heads pointing down, which I just strikes me. It just looks very comedic unfortunately i didn't particularly like some of the very modern dialogue so when ang is is realizing that um he's going to have to take on this great responsibility he's kind of saying oh you know i'd much rather be goofing off with my friends and it somehow doesn't quite fit the sort of ancient kingdom setting but anyway that's by the by ang flies around on this big creature which looks like a sort of uh cross between a a big furry bison but with a kind of a beaver's tail that can fly <laughs> so that's quite strange so it's got that weird sort of fantastical elements i was expecting it especially after the m night Shyamalan film to be pretty bad but actually i thought it was okay and i think it will appeal more to youngsters as the original animation did but yeah i enjoyed it what did you think hannah you won't be surprised to hear that um this isn't really up my street, Ian. In fact, today I'm feeling very negative, aren't I, today? Sorry about this. But um, it was, it's kind of weird to see it on Netflix because it feels like this would be better suited to Disney Plus to a degree because it's, um, I don't know, it, 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 I think the younger demographic will like this more, as you said. I think it will be it will appeal to them much, much more. It's, I mean, it, this the whole kind of, this this whole kind of genre doesn't particularly appeal, but like kind of the voices in it that it feels it feels very Disney. It just feels like it's in the wrong place. But I, I do think the I do think the um, not the little ones, but the younger generation will like it and it will be a hit with them. But for me, it's a no, thank you. 
Okay, we started strongly, and I think we're going to finish strongly as we move across to Apple TV Plus for a new sci-fi series which arrived on Wednesday the 21st of February. It's called Constellation, and here's a clip. I'm very happy to be back home. But things are different. I have a piano in my house, and I don't play the piano. Do you have hallucinations? Mama? Yeah. It's sci-fi, so I know, I know, why would I like it? But I do. Um, okay. So there are eight episodes, um, but the first three um, drop on Wednesday the 21st and then they're weekly, which is, is quite usual now, isn't it? Um, and this follows an astronaut um, and it stars Numi Rapace, who's the Swedish astro astronaut Joe Eriksson, and she works for the European Space Agency and she's on this global research mission. And it captivates it captivated me immediately you know it wasn't a slow burn like some of these things often are or a book that you just keep on oh, now i've got to get into this you for me i was into it immediately because it's it's very pacey you're in the drama immediately and i think also i absolutely hate the idea of being kind of hemmed in anywhere and the idea of being in you know a, a spaceship or a rocket i should say you know just oh the idea of it's horrible um but there she is. She can phone home to her family. She has a husband called Magnus, played, played by James Darcy, and her daughter Alice. And that relationship is really, really sweet and really, really lovely. And, you know, she, the last thing the daughter says is, you will, Mama, you will look after, take care of yourself up there, or words to that effect. And um, then, of course, you know, the unthinkable happens in that um, there's a collision at the base and the oxygen starts to run out. And she faces this massive race against time to get get back uh, back home. And obviously her training kicks in, but also her absolute um, steadfast want to get home to her daughter and, of course, her husband. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, she's vulnerable in this situation. You know, suddenly she's out of comfort zone if she could have ever been in comfort zone. And she's worried that she can't ever get back. But she does get back, spoiler alert, she does get back. But the problems are only just beginning because what actually happened up there, and this is where the sci-fi thing comes in, and anyone that listens to this podcast will know I'm not a massive sci-fi film but um, fan, but this, this kind of works because it's kind of... A, it, it, it draws you in. You really want to know what actually happened up there. And there's... Lots of people on the periphery. I mean, she sees she sees um, a psychiatrist, a therapist, and lots of people saying, "When you're up there, things happen, things that you know that, that you can't explain." But what eerie discovery did she make up there? And are we going to find out? And what will that mean for everybody? And it changes her. So back on you know terra firma. It changes her relationship with her daughter and her husband and everything. And she becomes a very, very different person, a haunted person. Um, really captivating. Really enjoy what I've seen so far. Yes, I agree. I thought it was very good. So first of all, I mean, Numi is, is hugely watchable, I think. She's great. I really like her. And we start, as so many TV series and films do these days, Hannah, we, have, um, we start with them, her and her kid. They appear to be sort of driving up in the Arctic Circle somewhere to a remote cabin and you can see the northern lights and then the dreaded <laughs> the 
the dreaded bit of script comes up saying five weeks earlier. So, yeah, we rewind. And as you say, uh, she's up on the space station. And by coincidence, I've been watching a very good uh, documentary series on BBC iPlayer called The Space Shuttle That Fell to Earth, which is all about the 2003 space shuttle disaster. So there's a lot in that of them talking to their families um, via satellite link while they're up there. You know, it's really well done. They, They built... They rebuilt the interior of the space station very convincingly. And, yeah, there's this incident occurs, an emergency, while they're up there, as you say. And I'm not going to reveal too much about that, about what happens. But, yeah, so it's kind of got elements of gravity in a way because of the spectacular views from up in space. It looks absolutely amazing in spacewalks and all that kind of stuff. And, and again, a bit like the Sandra Bullock character she's sort of stranded up there on her own and has to get back will she make it and yes as you say there's this experiment that was going on at the time of the incident is that connected in any way with what's happening you've got back on earth from breaking bad mike from breaking bad and better call saul yes the actor jonathan banks he's playing um a nasa scientist i mean I wasn't slightly. I wasn't entirely convinced by the fact that he seemed to be willing to sacrifice lives in order to get his experiment results back. But anyway, he plays two characters. He also plays his estranged twin, Bud. So there's a kind of potential conspiracy element, maybe. Then you've got like films like Solaris. You, you know, is it is is what's happening? in her mind or, or or is it to do with ghosts you just don't know it's fascinating and um yeah i can't wait to, to see how it pan out, pans out but i i thought it was a really really strong first episode we've got to that time hannah where you find out what you've been binging on while waiting for mafsa to come back well, I have thoroughly enjoyed the BAFTAs. Um, I didn't see the uh, the YouTube chap that ran up. He is a bit of a pranker, isn't he? And he, he ran up the side, I think, when Oppenheimer were on stage. I didn't see him till afterwards. But anyway, um, I thoroughly enjoyed some of the very long speeches, as you do. Um, and, of course, the wonderful outfits. And also, I need a bit of cheering up this weekend. So I watched Would I Lie to You? Because that makes me smile a lot. I watched the BAFTAs as well. Uh, wasn't entirely taken by David Tennant uh, or, or indeed Nick Mohammed's uh, comedy skit, but I thought Sophie Ellis Baxter made the night. Uh, she was fantastic. Um, but yeah, good to see an award going to the Holdovers, which I watched recently, which I absolutely loved. I also watched the film Past Lives, talking of uh, awards season, which has arrived on Netflix. And that, that had quite a lot of buzz um, in terms of possible awards. Uh, a Korean film about childhood sweethearts who reconnect as adults. Check it out. It's worth a look. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offering. So what are we going to be talking about, Hannah? Yep, next week, Anna Friel and Beth Ditto play ambitious country singing sisters in Channel 4's musical drama Monarch also starring Susan Sarandon. Meanwhile, over on ITVX, we will see former Spider-Man Andrew Garfield starring in a true crime drama about a shocking religious murder, which is called Under the Banner of Heaven. So we look forward to those and much, much more. But in the meantime, listeners... Keep watching...